0: Okay, I have a quick story uh, to tell. This is something Ren has started doing recently. Uh, it was out of nowhere the other day, she came up to me and she uh, she, she walked up to me and she said, I'm an officer, hmm. go to jail. And, uh, and then she shut me in my room, shut the door, and I, I was in jail for an indefinite period of time. Uh, anytime I, I tried to come out, she said, hm, go to jail, um, over and over and over again. Uh, that authority has to come from somewhere, right? Right. Uh, Ashley and I did not give her the authority to put people in jail. Um, We did not, but she assumed that authority. She thinks she has it. Today, we're gonna study a little bit about a group of people from the church in Jerusalem who stirred up trouble at the churches where the Gentiles were being saved. They're called out and corrected and the Gentile Christians are encouraged. So if you'll turn with me, we're gonna be in Acts chapter 15, and I'm gonna start in verse 23, and we'll just see how far we get. So it starts with this, with the following letters. Remember, uh, James makes this decision. We're going to go. We're going to send these people. We're going to send Paul and Barnabas and uh, Judas and Silas, and they're going to bring this following letter. The brothers, both the apostles and the elders to the brothers who are the Gentiles in Antioch and Syria and Cilicia, greetings. All right, so the word letter, we could read that and think it. Not much of it, but it's actually a a longer Greek phrase, and it means, this is a writing from our own hands. This is a handwritten letter that the apostles and elders are sending to this church uh, full of Gentile people, um, showing that they are valuable. It was worth the apostles and elders time to personally write to them. So we see this from the apostles and the elders. This letter came from the leaders of the Jerusalem church, both the apostles and the elders. The churches, in, uh, the churches in Antioch, Syria, and Cilicia would have only been led by elders. We see that in Acts 14, 23. When they had appointed elders for them in every church with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. So Paul and Barnabas would have personally appointed all of these elders in these churches. And then they're getting to be a part of this letter being sent to these leaders of the churches. And then they call them, brothers. That's the Greek word, "adelphoi." I mean, properly what it means is son of the same parent. This is a beautiful thing to be called. And it would have been extremely powerful and probably very emotional for these Christian people to hear this because these were Gentiles. They were the dirty, the most broken, the ones who could never truly belong, because of their family name, right? They weren't born Jewish. They were born Gentiles, which meant, literally what, what Gentile was is the word ethnos. It meant anything but Jewish. So it's the, we have the nation of, Jew, uh, of, of Israel, the Jewish people. We have us and then everyone else. And you are never going to belong fully the way we do ever. And they knew this. They weren't born into the right families. But suddenly, James in this letter calls them brothers. This new family of families doesn't have a trial time, right? Hey, we're gonna put you on probation. We'll see how this works and we'll let you know if you fit in. There's not a lengthy adoption process. You are immediately, when Jesus saves you, in the family, immediately. And there's no more belonging, less belonging. We are all brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. No matter where you come from, no matter what baggage you've brought, no matter what pain you've gone through, no matter what terrible choices you've made, we belong to the family of Christ, which is why churches are supposed to be a family of families. Right? We do this together. He wraps up this opening, uh, the opening of the letter with the word greetings. This means to employ a formalized expression of greeting, implying a wish for happiness on the part of the person greeted. This is a really kind thing to say inside of these letters. Not only are you our family, but we're hoping for happiness in your life. Isn't that awesome? Again, these Gentile Christians think what they have faced so far from the Jewish believers. Lots of ridicule, lots of telling them that you're not good enough. You haven't done enough stuff. You need to do more work. You're not, you're not even saved yet until you do these things. You're not one of us still. And suddenly they get this letter saying, Hey, you're my brother. And I hope happiness comes to you. Let's read this next verse. Since we have heard that some persons have gone out from us and troubled you with words, unsettling your minds, although we gave them no instructions. So first thing that James really points out is we heard something. It's come across. So uh, people who cause trouble for others typically don't keep it to themselves. Have you guys noticed that? It's wild. People love to brag about the wrong they do to others. Anybody ever had that happen? Somebody come and tell you like, you won't believe what I told them. And what happens with us typically, sometimes we go along with it like, oh my gosh, that's crazy that couldn't look any less like Christ, could it? Not only am I going to cause problems, but I'm going to go talk about it, tell people, look at the problems I'm causing. He calls them some persons, or they call them some persons. The apostles and the elders do not name the troublemakers. There could be a lot of reasons for this. Maybe it's because the whole church had agreed to this letter and the people being sent. And it probably included at least some of the ones who were the troublemakers, so maybe he's like, I don't want to name them because they've repented. I don't want to name them because they're walking, they, they, they walked with us through this and they're in. And I think that's a, a, a very real possibility. Maybe they didn't want to name them because they didn't want to give them a bigger platform by calling their names out and letting everybody know, hey, if, you're, if you believe like this, these are the people to talk to to complain, right? Maybe they didn't want to tempt the Gentile Christians into bitterness against a particular group of people, right? Because would that have been tempting to become bitter and angry because of the trouble that people had caused? But regardless, they're not named. So So some people have gone out from us. I love this. It's easy to skip over that part, but I think that's really important. The apostles and the elders are owning their part in this huge mess. They didn't try to artificially distance themselves from the troublemakers. Because what they could have said is, hey, some people who are not like us at all, they did it. It's them. They're not really, they're not really here. Sure, they met with us, but obviously they weren't really a part of us because we don't believe like that. So they're not, they're not our thing. That's, that's not us. No, no hey, these people, the apostles and the elders said, hey, some of our people came in and caused this problem. They're part of our church and, and we're owning it. And I, I love that because they're owning their role in this. They're saying as leaders, hey, this shouldn't have happened and it did. And they are our people and we're gonna have to talk through it and we're gonna work through it and we're gonna fix this. So some people have gone out from us and troubled you. That word literally means to stir something up. But what the figurative definition is to cause acute emotional distress or turbulence in someone's life. Who in here has heard of a pot stirrer? Anybody ever heard of one? Anybody know one? Anybody related to one? <laughs> Thanks, Mike. <laughs> the idea here is that the church is to be a peaceful river, lovingly moving together in deep pursuit of God and desperate pursuit of the lost. This peaceful moving together as a family I love uh, covering it, peace among it, unity inside of our movement. But some people are like large rocks in that river, which cause rapids and dangerous water. Anybody ever been rafting down the Okowe? Who enjoys it? Who in here will never do it? There's some. <laughs> Joyce, come on. I'll plan us a trip. All right, I've done I love rafting the Okowe. It's fun. You know what I'm not going to do? I'm not gonna take my two-year-old daughter rafting on the Okoe. Why? Too rough for her. It'd be dangerous. I don't know that I could protect her inside of water like that. But that's the thing about being a troubler in the church. You don't control who you hurt. You may hurt those that you're targeting. You probably will. But you're also gonna hurt others. You're gonna hurt their family members. You're going to hurt their friends and you're going to hurt the people who hear about what you've done or said. So that's the problem is that when you're the rock in the water causing the rough water around it, uh, disturbing the peace that's supposed to be in the unity of the church movement, you're going to hurt lots and lots of people. And it's going to make being church very difficult. So not only they, they troubled you, uh, they, they did this by unsettling your minds. This means to cause someone distress and worry in their thinking, their willing, and their being. So in every aspect of like their mind and who they are, you're causing distress inside of the way that they think, the things that they're wanting to do or will for, and even who, who they believe they are as a person. Anybody ever felt distressed at that deep level? Distress down to like, I, I'm not even, I'm, I'm questioning who I am as a person. I'm questioning what reality true, truly is. We had an experience um, last week, some of you guys got to read about this, but uh, our daughter choked. Um, Ashley was, was uh, changing her diaper, uh, turned her over and uh, she swallowed a quarter and could not breathe at all. Ashley's there alone, Sully standing next to her and Ashley has to perform Heimlich for who knows how long to save our daughter from dying. This was major distress. We could have lost her. What do you think Ashley was feeling and thinking at the time? I wasn't even home. Do you think that's distressing? Absolutely. Now, I'm not, I don't want to compare things to that. That was the most traumatic event that we've been through, in, uh, I mean, for our family. But why do church people cause distress like that in others in the church? Why do we let Preferences and small things let us cause pain and hurt like that. Anybody ever been hurt by a church person? Anybody ever been to church? That's not what Christ has called us to be. Has anybody ever made you feel this kind of distress? I had one time, I was at a friend's house and uh, I didn't, we didn't grow up, uh, I didn't grow up necessarily praying before every meal when I was a child. That's just not the way my family worked. We didn't. I was eating at a friend's house one time and uh, we sat down and we were, they had pizza and I took a bite of pizza and his dad stared at me and he looked at me and he said, I hope you choke on that. I looked at him. I was young. I was probably nine. And I, I just remember like feeling so hurt and thinking like, why would you want that? And his reason was we hadn't prayed yet. He would rather I choke on food than learn something of their tradition of praying before a meal. Anybody ever felt like, been made to feel like only bad people struggle? And if you're a good person, you better have all your stuff together all the time. Who in here walked in with all your stuff together? I didn't. Have you ever caused someone else to feel this kind of emotional distress, questioning their very role or importance or value because of words you've said? Do you think that's what God desires for our family? He goes on and says, they troubled you with their words, distressing you into your very being but we gave them no instructions to do this. This means to state with force and authority what others must do. The apostles and elders certainly did give some people instructions on what they should and shouldn't do, but they did not tell these troublemakers to go out and distort the gospel for the Gentiles. Yes, they're ours, but we were not part of this. If anyone in your life is pushing you to be a pot stirrer, stop listening them, because that is not what God wants for you. You guys bow your heads and close your eyes with me. Do you understand that God created the church to be a family of families? Are you pursuing this deep relationship with others? Has anyone ever felt left out of this family because of your words, your actions, your attitude, or your lack of effort? Do you need to take time this morning and repent of troubling others, unsettling their minds because of your preferences? Will you commit to today to pursuing Christ-like unity at Clingon Ridge, being committed to being a part of a peaceful river and refusing to let Satan cause you to become a large rock, troubling the waters and hurting others. Jesus, call us into a state of repentance and change today. Lord, all of us at some time have been victims of this where people have distressed us and hurt us and troubled us. But God, I'm I'm certain also that all of us at some point have been the ones who have troubled and hurt others. Lord, help us to walk right now through, first of all, forgiveness, but also Lord, let us walk into repentance, confessing where we have let wrong things dictate how we treat people. Let Let us pursue unity in our church, being a family of families. In your name I pray, amen. Please stand and respond however God leads you.